Gabriel? Yes, Daniel. They call me Gonzalez, but I'm not Gonzo anymore, just Solace. Sure. Hit the theme music! Got you, motherfucker. That's how you open a show, everyone. I distinctly remember that line, and I thought, oh, I can do an intro with that, with my last name. In this book? Are you sure? It wasn't a good idea, but I did it. If that's a quote from this book. Did oh, I read yeah. the right book? It was a. Uh, it was like a. I'm no longer like a. Uh, like they call me a sec. Oh, I'm, sec I'm unit. I'm, no, I'm, a sec unit. I'm not a sec. I'm just a unit right now. All right, you are a unit. Open your fucking ears. You're a when fucking you read. unit. All right. Welcome, dear listener Hello, readers. Hello, everyone. To slow readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Gallant Radio. This is the only explicit uh-huh. literature comedy podcast on the network. Fucking out there. Fucking out there, bro. Yeah, I'm like that. That the cadence of that really. Threw I me. really jammed in that curse word there. You really did. I'm like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, when cursing, not anything else. Yeah. I don't know why my mind went there. <laughs> uh, what else do we need to do? Um, oh yeah, if you like us uh, out there, smash that like button. Press, That's not a like yeah. button. Press like one button. button to support our show. <laughs> yes. Please, all you have to do, whatever you're doing right now, drop it. Unless you're driving, press one button. Press like. Press subscribe. Press a star count. And if you can be bothered, please write us a review because we read mm-hmm. all your reviews on air and either you know beg for you to like us or you know just just you know just call you call you great canonize you. We're still reading Johnny Notham's reviews. Yeah, that's one like, review. Like they're really fucking one brutally mean review on us. Anyway, that's it, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Ah, fuck. We need to introduce ourselves first. Gabriel, oh, yeah. who are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And who knows for how long will I be serving you frozen strawberry lemonades, vodkas in Studio City at the bar at Oyster House, but I'm there for you. Co-host, who are you? I'm Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of fiction. A sec unit. A sec unit. And Gabriel. More like a suck unit. We have true. Gabriel. Uh-huh. We have a ghost in the studio. Ghost! A returning ghost, if I recognize its trail of ectoplasm. A champion ghost. A champion ghost. Ghost, speak. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Christy. <laughs> Hi, Christy. <laughs> Hi, Christy. <laughs> what a pleasure to have you back. Thank you. I'm excited. Yes. Do I, pl- am I supposed to introduce myself? I'm a comedian, and my last name is Brandon. <laughs> Yeah, there All you right. go. We didn't actually plan that far ahead. I'm not <laughs> good at introducing myself, even on things that I've run, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Christy is an excellent comedian, mm-hmm. um, and she has a podcast of her own running right now called It's All Downhill with mm-hmm. Christy Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a it's guest a- on it. Gabe yeah. was a guest. Fantastic. We How's, had a great time. Is the podcast still going strong? Do you are you doing are you just doing it continuously? Yeah, um I'm just okay. trying to do it every week until I maybe accidentally get too lazy and then I'll be like, JK, <laughs> I'm doing this in seasons, you guys. Wait for next season. Uh, that's a that I tell you what, if you have the freedom to do that, go for it. Because I've been wanting to do it with this show. We've wanted a break for Oh ever. my god. It's like, can we do this like once a month? It's like we're reading a book. Come on. <laughs> Yep. And oh yeah. Like, no. No, we have to keep on going. We gotta keep doing this. We gotta read more Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yep. Man. That that said, Christy, it's such a great. The last time you were here, you brought uh, uh, to the show um, Tim O'Brien's "The Things They Carried." A light yes, and fluffy experience. A light just and a fluffy... just a light read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing too uh, heavy. 
A real beach read. Mm-hmm. And we're like, you know what, Christy? What, I mean, what? maybe beaches now with all the dead people. <laughs> <laughs> with all the de- with all the, the spreading of, of a fucking contagion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we, we decided to go a different direction. Is that like last time was all fluffy, so we need to get dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to get grim. Mm-hmm. We're talking. And I wanted, I've always, I've been threatening to talk about this book for a while. Mm-hmm. Um we're talking to the mic. And yes. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, I, I like the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, hold on. Um, quick pause. Let's angle ourselves a little better so we can see Christy. Oh, actually, yeah, no, that's a good idea. These arms move. These arms move. Mm, These colors don't go. run, but the arms These move. These colors don't run. Then I'm also gonna spook the table a bit this way because the headphone is really like reaching for me. Which, which way? What are you doing? Towards the cam. Towards the camera. Towards the laptop. Oh, this way. Yeah. Oh. One second. Yeah, Usually we slide us with the thing. Let's keep us all in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my sloppy editing, it probably will be. <laughs> All right. Great job, you guys. Is that good? <sighs> Couple of absolute editor. units, you two. Both of you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Couple fucking dummies. Hashtag absolute unit. Absolute unit. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Sorry. Now my, now my mic's okay. loopy. That sounds right. I can look at Christy, and I can ignore Gabe. Yeah, that's all ever wanted to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've been friends for 20 years, and it's still hard to look each other in the eye. Uh-huh. Ooh, I feel that in a big way. Yeah. I hate it. We're shy boys. <laughs> Who needs intimacy? Yeah. <laughs> Every now and again, our fingers will just graze against each other's hands, and then we'll just, like, like oh have God. to write a letter about it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's that's my life, anyway. That's very Victorian, and I'm Thank here you. for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so sorry about that. All right. All right, uh, here we are. All set? Yeah. Okay, let me clap, and I'll bring us back in. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Chris, I think you were, were you're about to introduce the book that we read. Yes. yes. Uh, I'll start with introducing the book. Right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All right. So the book we're doing now, I've been threatening to bring this to the show for a good you long have. while. You have. You have indeed. Um, for good reasons that I'll get into later. But um, yeah, let's, Great let's, let's get right into it. Uh, we're re- we read the novella? Novella. Novella. If you want to be all novella about Gonzales. it. Gonzalez. Um, the novella All Systems Read uh, by Martha Wells, the first book in the Murderbot Diaries. I love that title. That's a great mm-hmm. title. Yeah, and it's, it has like a weird little touch of like intimacy to it. Like I think of like 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 a teen girl series. Like uh-huh. oh, the the Penny James Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> I totally see that. And and if you don't mind, and I don't want to go too long about this because uh, I don't know. Does is anyone like a big Martha Wells fan prior to this? Never heard of her. In mm-hmm. fact, I thought she was the young woman from British Bake Show. Oh. Uh, Cute little Martha. Which one's Martha? I think she's the one who always went. Good morning, morning, morning. Oh, that was um. <laughs> no, that's Florence or something like that. No, yeah, uh, she was one of my favorites. She's she's one of everyone's favorites. She was in like series two or three or whatever. Oh, yeah, I think right? Martha's like was really young. She was in the same season. Yeah. She, she's the one. She's like Brazilian. She has like the big no? fluffy hair. Yeah. What? The, the, oh, Martha? Yeah, you know, like the one who's like almost looks like a supermodel. She's like stunning and everything like that. Young. That's she, Ruby. She came. Ruby. You're not talking mm. about Ruby. No, I'm talking about Martha. Which one's Martha? Christy, back me up here. Are you talking about Flor- Flo? Like my yeah. Flo? Flo was Marnie. Flo Shedden? Martha Martha is like, she has like a really like young feature. She's like really, really young. No, yeah, Flo is like, I have such a crush on her. She's, all mm-hmm. right, anyway. <laughs> Alice Favronia forever. Christy, who was oh, your favorite yeah. Great British Bake Show um, um, contestant? Besides Rahul, who was everyone's actual favorite. It's been a long time. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> I can't completely remember all the characters. There was one lady... Was it the Great British Bake Show? She was like, she was like a 
um, a hijabi lady with the oh, whole Nadia. thing, and yeah. she, I think she's got her own like cooking show and stuff. Yeah, Nadia Hussein. She's. I awesome. remember. I kind of remember seeing her on there and being like, uh-huh. "Oh, she's good." <laughs> yeah, she's she's badass. <laughs> yeah, not, not to spoil it, but doesn't doesn't she win? She won. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm, Sorry, people. S- who same have, season as yeah. a, as a, as Ruby. Was it? I do kind of remember Ruby. I feel like was she she was like good at stuff, but everything she ever made, she was like, Oh, it's not going to be good. It's definitely sucks. It's the best it's the worst thing I've ever done in my whole life. And I'm like, Shut up, Ruby. You look like Kira Knightley and your dessert (laughs) is amazing. Yep. Yeah. that's like exactly. I, like yeah. I love her, but I also just like want her to believe in herself a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, get it together, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she's very hard on herself. And complete side note, but um, she apparently, like, apparently there's like a lot of like, like, like mean spirited gossip around like the Bake Show in the UK, where like it's vicious, and everyone was like. Uh, oh, Ruby got so far because, like, clearly, um, she uh, slept her way to the top. What's the guy? Yeah, Paul. Paul. Paul was like super into her, and they were saying like, "Oh, she probably like slept with him or something like that." Oh my god! But you know what happened? Ruby came out uh, several years ago, and she's like, "Also, to all you people who said I I fucked Paul, eat shit." Yeah, uh, I gave those. <laughs> Yeah, so. actually, I kind of remember that, too, because that was a small win for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't believe that they were so vicious about that in Britain, England, They're, wherever they live there. Because yeah, I feel and, like and, the whole sorry, show, one. the whole essence of the show is just like, oh, British people are so much nicer than Americans. <laughs> Before the camera, behind the like in like the chat in the in the comment sections they're just comment sections they're full of yeah, trash people i'm sure british wow. youtube is just as mean like they were really pissed off when that one french girl uh like she, they accused her of like cheating because she like supported like her one pastry or something like that like people lost their minds over <laughs> it. oh man on yeah yeah anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> christy so basically long story short do you want to start a great, great british bake show like uh like review show with us uh yes doing great deal cool. <laughs> we're holding that's, it to that that's in the cards we're holding it to it as contractually uh binding. anyway daniel martha I wells understand. that said if you don't mind uh i got some martha fucking wells uh talk to kind of like love throw it down on you guys love it martha fucking wells is a texan really Ooh. Yes. uh she's a winner of the ne- uh, nebula two locuses and two hugos good for her uh <laughs> this in this book in particular a tugo a tugo they say um, this book in particular won the, I think it was the, the Nebula and the Hugo for best novella. Um, and then the second one won like, I think the, like a, the, 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 one of those novella awards that year. Sure. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Wells basically studied and worked in the anthropology field, uh, which factors a lot into her world building. Uh, many of her novels uh, basically take place in a fictional like world called Ielrian. Spell please. The I-L-E hyphen R-I-E-N. She's a fantasy writer. All right. Like, like hardcore. Like, I mean, she, most of her books were published through Tor, if you know anything about, like, the Tor, Tor. publishing house. Like, they're the, they're, oh. like, they, they publish, like, sci fi fantasy, like, that absolute genre, like, that unit of a genre. Um, that absolute unit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one of her longest running series is called Books of uh, Roxara, which is a fantasy uh, series about a boy who is secretly a shapeshifter and then, like, finds out that he has to, like, save his, like, shapeshifter tribe or whatever. I curl my lip involuntarily anytime anyone starts talking about, like, fantasy worlds they've built. Yeah, and and this is... (laughs) And this is like hard, like yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a shame because sometimes people do it well, but most of the time it's like that horse girl in your class who's just <laughs> like, 
I've created a random name and number generator, and it puts every apostrophe anywhere it can possibly go, and that's the name of the town that they live in. Yep. I love and her horse. I, yep. I, I love that. I wish we had a horse girl. Our, our classes were too small to have a horse girl. There was a, there was a horse girl in my elementary school. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. There's always a horse girl. Sometimes she's too oh, poor to afford a horse. <laughs> There's always it's a horse girl. Horse. I found that really sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, basically, uh, real quick, I have a, just a few more things. Uh, she's basically written like mostly fantasy series. She wrote uh, a young adult series, a Star Wars novel, yeah, a bunch of Stargate books, oh, okay. and a few nonfiction articles. That says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, as Toastmaster of the 2017 World Fantasy Convention, Wells gave a speech called "Unbury the Future." Uh, that highlighted marginalized creators in the Unbury history. Unbury the future. That highlighted it's all marginalized. Right. Uh, uh, creators in the history of science fiction and history that actually tied fantasy. together uh, the speech was incredibly well uh, well regarded and basically was like the talk of like the town for like a good long while communities I can't Mo- believe we've come so far unbury the future Martha Wells unbury the future there you go uh, that was a Steven Universe joke for, for people who don't uh, didn't catch that uh, get on the train everyone it took me a moment to catch that too I was like oh wait what is that <laughs> All right. Most importantly, Wells was head of the writing team and lead writer, which apparently isn't the same thing, for Magic the Gathering's 2018 Dominaria expansion, which celebrated 25 years of magic uh, wow. by returning to Dominaria, the location of many of the Magic the Gathering's uh, 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 storylines. Daniel, do we have a nerd alert button? No. <laughs> and I edited this, so I'm not putting it in. All right. That's All fine. Right. Uh, uh, now about this book in particular and also the series because I was a little confused about it like this this book came out I think in what 2017 actually 2017 right? this is 2018 2018 then um, I forget it was 2017 yeah, probably 2018 but like it came out in 2018 there are a present, the year I was born there are present technically five books out already wow because wow. the first four are novellas and apparently they tell like uh, what she refers to as a complete arc uh, this year, in fact, not too long ago, a full a full length novel came out. Um, I believe it's called The Network Effect. Uh, and then next year, there is another novella, which I don't know if it's been announced that like that's like the last one or like the start of something new or whatever. Sure. But like those are the ones that are presently presently out and are about to come out. That slow that down, Ted Chiang. She's fucking well. Uh, not yet. Yeah, not to get too far into it. Clearly she's kind of hit like gold with this. Like it's been doing her like really. Yeah, she's been sp- writing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, um, she, ain't, uh, I forgot when like the first book was it in the 93 or something like that. Yeah. She's been doing this for a while. I mean, good for her. Oh. Yeah, no, uh, she's been fucking uh, killing it. And so I'm tired of talking. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. Chris- Christy, do you want to do us the honors? Please. If possible, uh, by explaining what happens in all systems read, and just like exp- walking us through like what the what the story was for this. Oh yeah. This okay. Well, the main character is like a well, it's like a robot, but they call them robots. They're not robots really, but it's like a construct. It's a cyborg. It's like a cyborg. Yeah, yeah that's what they are. I I, <laughs> I like the they call them constructs because that makes sense to me. I feel like it's just like part human parts, but he's a robot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, anyway, not to, not that's not, not even into- important really to the story. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, please. Um, okay, so there's a robot, and he's like a security um, system robot, like a like a RoboCop. But RoboCop. He 
managed to like break the thing that was the, I don't know if you guys are whatever, like they call it the governor module. It's basically yeah. like he broke this book's, um, I robot rules sure, system in his rules? head. Gotcha. Um, I mean, a, a governor is often a thing found in cars that if for whatever reason you want to make sure your car doesn't go above a certain speed, you'll put a governor module on it. I did not know that. And I yeah. like that a lot. Well, yeah. yeah, he can't with that. He can't go above the speed of killing people when told to. <laughs> Love it. That's it. But then he breaks it so that he can watch TV all the time. <laughs> I, that, I love that so much. Which I like love. soap operas. It's all like soaps he watches. I love it when when things do that because then it gives you a reason to have like a robot that talks like a teenager (laughs) (laughs) or like someone who's seen too many soap operas. Um, And I love like casual writing. But anyway, that's also not the plot. Uh, But he watches too many TV shows. And so then um, when the people that he's guarding get um, attempted, someone attempts to murder them, he saves them because there's nothing to stop him and because he does whatever he wants. So he didn't update himself to the actual murder protocol that he was supposed to. And then they just like run from these people that are trying to kill them on this planet that they were surveying for resources. And Eventually, he becomes friends with them, even though he really doesn't like to talk to people. And eventually, they find out who's trying to murder them, and they find a way to escape. And I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler to say that at the end, he becomes free. Mm-hmm. But like the that's genie. the end. That's the spoiler. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. I mean, we're just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. At I the mean, end, honestly... He gets he gets bought out. His contract gets bought out, but then he runs away, which I particularly appreciated. <laughs> he does a he does a, what's it called an incredible Hulk from the TV show that he like does his thing. Then he just kind of hits the road just as a with that sad piano music playing as Bruce Banner walks down the road. Yeah, that's exactly right. My seventies TV references fall on deaf ears once again. I don't know if I've ever seen an episode of the. I've, I don't I don't know if I have. I just don't remember it, or if I ever have. Mm, Christy. Old. Have you ever seen episodes of The Incredible Hulk? I think I've only seen snippets. Starring yeah. Lou Ferrigno. I don't mm-hmm. know as well. <laughs> There's a lot of things that my parents would watch when I was too little to like form real memories, and I think that mm-hmm. was one of them. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, uh, fun fact, um, even though the Hulk's real name is Bruce Banner, when they made the TV show back in the 70s, they decided to change his name to David because, according to network execs, the name Bruce is, quote-unquote, too gay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I think all the time. Yeah. I love it. There's, I mean, there's something kind of gay about a man (laughs) who like morphs into just a shirtless cut off shorts situation (laughs) and paints himself green when he gets mad. He's, yeah, he's just a mild manner, like average Joe straight guy. And then he just gets super fucking turned on and it becomes this raging gay beast. He huffs some poppers and Mm -hmm. then he just goes to town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what that thing is. I feel like you can develop a whole story out of it. Anyway. (laughs) Sure. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Um, first time reading this. Let's see. I don't know if I want to ask like how necessarily, uh, what are your initial feelings about all systems red? (laughs) Oh, um, if you don't mind. What were my initial feelings? I thought I was going to ask you about Incredible Hulk or something. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel, I feel like like we we've gotten into such a rhythm of just talking endlessly about like the story that we don't save our save our feelings for afterwards. Good thought. Let's hold that back because so, I want to. <laughs> I actually want to ask him a Christy a question. Mm-hmm. So, um, we talked a little bit last time about the books you read, 
And um, do you read Asimov? You're a fan of. You told me you like uh, Murakami and uh, Tim O'Brien, which is just I'm like oh, so Christie's has a nice humanist streak, which is super cool. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> what is your what is your association with sci-fi? Just re- is it just Asimov? Do you read a lot of like sci-fi fiction? Um, a lot of yeah. Stuff? I think growing up, I had different like genre phases of what I was like most into. And so I had like a sci-fi phase where I would just do like basically, um, I don't know, like I like newer sci-fi. I'll try it every once in a while, but I feel like it's harder for me to find ones that I really like when they're Mm. new. So I had this whole phase of basically like late 50s to early 70s sci-fi. So like... um, I thought you meant your age for a second. Like, so when I was in my late 50s. (laughs) Oh, wow. You look good, When I was in my late 50s, I would read like a lot of (laughs) sci-fi. Now I'm getting up there, you know, I... (laughs) Getting, Sorry, a, getting a little gospel in there so that I can... <laughs> uh, no, I, I... What's his name that wrote Invisible Man and like... Um, not um, not Ellison. That's the other Invisible that's Man. Um, um, Wells. Fahrenheit yeah. 451. Uh, Ray Bradbury. There, yeah, those ama- guys. Yeah, there's an amazing thing about sci-fi writers who are all named Wells, including Martha. Martha. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like, um, I would say, like, all those, like, Heinlein and uh, Asimov and, like, Philip K. Dick and even, I would say, Kurt Vonnegut fits into that sure. kind of, yeah. just, like, a lot of those things. Um, so many, so many sci-fi things where I read it and I'm like, this is cool. And the whole time I just default, like, imagine myself as the main character because you there's one woman character and she's either <laughs> asleep half the time or trying to fuck the main character and has no other yeah. drive in the world but that. Mm-hmm. And I identify with that in a way as well, but it's just... <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I've, I, like, I like very much that Murderbot is essentially um, genderless. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was gonna point that out. I thought that was really interesting, and I knew that this was gonna be a thing where you, Christy, uh, kept referring to the the murder bot, uh, with by uh, by male pronouns, which is uh, which is interesting in two things. First off, because it's never it's completely it's described as basically completely genderless. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and is only referred to as it basically. Yeah, and Murderbot even says that it, that they are genderless. Yeah, yeah. That, Actually, that, from the Murderbot's point of view, it is asexual and genderless. Yeah. Yes. And the whole time I had to be like, the whole time I was like, is he going to fall in love with the with I was wondering the captain. Because like yeah, especially he's like, like it. it seems like everyone's in love with the captain. And I can see it. But like, I have no sex organs and that really doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway. But in my head, I was actually picturing murder bot as actually more feminine than anything. Ooh. So like in my head, I kept thinking about like, I, I, like when I think of murder bot in my head, I would refer to it as her and whatnot. Interesting. Um, I, I don't know if there's any real reason for it other than the fact that it's just my, where my mind went. Honestly, mind, like, yeah. it, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah. Oh, no, just quickly. What pronoun? I, in, in my mind, like, um, I had uh, the narration in my mind read like Siri. So I gave it like a, oh. like a more feminine, you're, you're feminine robot, but like gender, gender, like gender middle. Uh-huh. That's so interesting because there's this whole thing about like robots who are meant to serve and who are coming at things from a positive point of a positive like servile point of view are always coded as feminine where you get like Siri and Alexa and the voice for Google voices 
honestly, women have been like, please stop giving your robots female voices because you already think that we're here to serve you. And now you just also think like, well, this robot's here to serve me. It must be a woman. Um, That's fascinating. I never thought about that. So it's interesting. I, I think we're both on either side. We're both guilty of just like assigning a gender unnecessarily to something based on gender roles and stereotypes. Because while you guys possibly maybe read that as like oh this is a nice robot who's here to like help it's Mm -hmm. a woman or or you might even be like oh this is a progressive sci-fi novel why can't the main character be a woman Mm -hmm. i was like well this is a security guy he's gonna be tough he's gonna look he's gonna code they're gonna code him as masculine if they're gonna bother giving him a human face to interact with people and give them some sort of like impression of him he doesn't have to be big and strong with a strong jawline but i'm betting that if a human saw a small woman with unknown guns in her arm or a giant strong man with a strong jaw they'd probably stop acting up if they saw the man before the woman because that's what happens in real life i assume it was a giant strong jawed like slightly more femme thing in my in my mind like like a that was supposed to be like no gender but slightly more like them in my mind that's my brain juice Hmm. i like that and i wish i could like automatically believe in a world where people would do that but i'm just like ah these fuckers they're probably made like arnold schwarzenegger to be a security (laughs) bot see that's what i'm that's what i'm interested in i'm kind of curious about like i think that would be that would be make a lot of sense if it was like a male author but because Mm -hmm. it's martha wells as a lady i'm wondering what her point of view on it was was her feeling it was going to be much more of like a like a masculine like powerful bot or mm-hmm. um, or like in there's I mean there's a whole thing about androgyny so maybe he just looks like a male supermodel. That's hey. that's what I was thinking for that like there's Martha Wells has that it reminds me a bit of one of my other favorite authors uh Jeff Jeff Vandermeer where like there's more of like a gender fluidity to like the characters and whatnot where like like there are plenty of times in this thing where like gender isn't terribly important to like who the characters are mm-hmm. like the characters are introduced and then at some point they just have like a pronoun to them and like with a lot of their names just seem like kind of like made up anyway yeah. um, I I enjoy this like um I, it's like a modern trend of writing a sci-fi novel where it's basically a blended society but everyone somehow keeps their own like idea of of race and ethnicity so it's just like everybody lives everywhere but this guy's mm-hmm. got like an indian name and this guy's got yeah. like a spanish name there's it's kind of <laughs> like i like it but i also kind of like i wonder what that says and i kind of hate it cuz it's like okay i'm going to build a crew Mm-hmm. One person's going to be Indian, one person's going to be Hispanic, one person's got to be Chinese or some other kind of Asian descent, mm-hmm. and then one person's going to be neutral, that's going to be the main character, and then we're just going to mix in like gender and whatever, like when people are are gay or queer or whatever, it's sort of just presented as like a norm, like you would a normal heterosexual relationship where it's just like, and these two are dating, by the way, mm-hmm. these are their genders whatever and then there's also one there's always got to be one who's got a um a multi-spouse family back on earth (laughs) or back at home or whatever Mm -hmm. with many kids that they Uh, share together and probably somehow with science (laughs) blended their uh genes together this is i'm thinking of this because this whole thing is also a true also how it's built in um the expanse series which I liked oh, much right. less than this one, but oh really? 
Well, I've, it, I've, I've been very curious about the expanse. Yeah. The expanse, like the story, is a lot more like spooky body horror in space and i enjoyed that it's a different tone and that's great and i enjoyed that it was like a it's more of like a detective novel the first one Uh um but it's kind of like imagine this book but with like spooky body horror detective but then also like it was written by two men under a pseudonym so like just just put that like 50s to 70s sexism right back in your (laughs) sci-fi you know yes just slink it right back in also to be noted the main character is a fedora wearing (laughs) douchebag Uh, (laughs) all right (laughs) and i i think the fedora is unironic and i simply cannot forgive the book for that i make no apologies (laughs) does he write like paragraph after paragraph of how cool his fedora is (laughs) I have the best fedora. People um, like, <laughs> really seem to like him. That's all I'll say. <laughs> all right. I walked into the room fedora first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, all right, you guys hate the hate fedoras, but in the future, <laughs> in the Yours future, everyone's going to be diverse and different and gender fluid. And also fedoras are cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his like, that's a hell you'll die on. Guys, I believe in same sex marriage. I believe in transsexuality. I believe in fedora hats. Primarily fedora hats. <laughs> so just like people fedoras, today. <laughs> and you know, it's not a real fedora. You know, it's one of those trilby hats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a shame. <laughs> um, I tell you what, yeah, let's let's before this is normally when we should we're gonna talk about how we actually felt about this book this time. But mm. before we do that, we're gonna go to break. Yeah, we're gonna play a little game to cool. kind of to kind of su- melt our minds. I don't know how you say it. melt our minds, melt our minds, mm-hmm. and uh, and then when we come back after that, we'll talk more about our feelings about all systems red. Love it. That said, mm-hmm. throw it to break. Keep on pimping. Bum, bum. Welcome back. Hey. Dear listener readers. What's up? To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by books. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. And who are you? Christy. Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi. You're back. (laughs) I came back after the break. I decided to return. Yay. I I didn't realize you stepped away as well, because I went away to go grab my wine, and then Daniel just fell silent. I'm like, are he in? (laughs) <laughs> just, just sitting there not talking yeah we refuse to just talk just staring she's, at each other staring yeah. contests she says some very mean about fedoras which I believe in very strongly so I yeah. didn't want to talk to her yeah Daniel was I like, understand like, Daniel like super butthurt about the fedoras <laughs> that's it enough about fedoras that's mm-hmm. it we have a game to play we have a game to play and Gabriel mm-hmm. you prepared this game for us I did indeed alright Gabriel, what is this game? Well, guys, as you all both know, that I love me a little bit of wordplay. So we're going to do one of my favorite games that I do, because it's easy for me and it's amusing for me, where I'm going to describe a book title. Mm -hmm. However, what I did is it's a title of a very famous sci-fi novel, but I changed one letter in the title. Mm -hmm. And the description now matches the fake title. So what you're going to do is you're going to guess the fake title. Mm-hmm. For example, if I said, in this Martha Wells book about a robot cyborg guy who's all about, um, who's goes on an adventure in a space of his team, except he must battle a large um, king-size sleeping unit, the answer would be, all systems bed. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? It took me a moment to like get this the first time you played it. I, <laughs> I'm one of those people where like 
you know when you have like character names and then I'll come up with a shitty one that isn't the real one. <laughs> uh-huh. So this entire time, even though I know the title of the book we read, this whole time I've just been like, the title of the book is Murderbot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the the title doesn't have anything to do with what happens in the book, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a very generic title about, I thought it was a joke somehow. I'm, ass- I'm assuming, all right, uh, yeah, well, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain that anyway. later when we talk about the book again, sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Oh, so also, Christy, we ring in using your name. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, um, you can ring in like, at oh, any Oh, that's point. right. We did this last time, like a Pokemon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah. And we have to say our names like a Pokemon. Yes. So, um, uh, <laughs> What would your Pokemon cry be? Aw. <laughs> uh, mine would be like a kind of like Squirtle. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Christy's, what's yours going to be? I feel like mine would be like a screechy one where it'd be like, Christy! <laughs> <laughs> like a horse. You're a horse girl. You're the horse girl. Horse girl. Oh my God. We figured it out. Gotcha. <laughs> or bird girl. That's fine too. Like a bird Like girl. Paget Brewster. Yeah. Told them myself. <laughs> mine, always, mine always more of a growl. Like I always go like, Daniel. Oh, like, like either a rock guy or like yeah, a Yeah, like a rocker or something like that. Like All right. So Daniel's Daniel. a geo dude. I'm a squirtle and you are a um, horse girl. <laughs> no, what's what's that Pokemon of like? It looks like a, like an ostrich. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're. A do duo. Do no. Do 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 duo. Do duo. Dude, it's a Christy Brandon now. Okay, the Christy Brandon. That's what I am. All right. Okay, here we go. Daniel, cue the music, please. Music. Okay. Set on the desert planet Arrakis, Paul Atreides, who would become the mysterious man known as the Maldib would avenge the traitor's plot against his noble family and bring Claudius to justice through acts of theater and endless monologuing. Oh, Christy. Christy. Is it Dome? No. Damn it. <laughs> Incorrect. Normally I have a fart sound effect to play at you, but... <laughs> I'll add it in a post, don't worry. All right. And only one letter was changed. Yeah. Only one, okay. Yeah. Would you like to hear it? You can guess again if you like. Yeah, hear it. Let me hear it again because I was <laughs> okay. like, "Oh, I know this right. one." We'll keep track of our points. Yeah, you're currently at negative one, Christy. Oh damn it! <laughs> but you can save yourself and go again. Okay. Set on a desert planet of Arrakis, Paul Atreides, who had become the mysterious man on his Maldib, would avenge a traitor's plot against his noble family, and to bring Claudius to justice through acts of theater and endless monologuing. Wait, no. I was gonna guess something. I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. Um. All right, we ready, guys? So I'm gonna go five, four. Daniel, want to hazard a guess? No. Okay. The answer is Dane. Dane. Like a Danish person? Yeah. Oh, like a like Dane duty Jones? No, Dane. D A N E. Oh, because is it Claudius? Like the that's the bad guy in in Hamlet. Hamlet. Hamlet, king of Dane. Prince I was Dane. thinking um, the Julius Caesar one, and I don't oh. think that's the same name. <laughs> no, that, that and is also just called Julius for some Caesar, reason I, I was like, you know what theater? Um, this isn't correct either. You know what theater Shakespeare performed in? The Dome Theater. <laughs> the Dome. <laughs> All right. Wait, what's it actually called? The the, I, the Globe. The Globe. The Globe. The globe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Solid I picked a round thing. <laughs> yeah. No, you got there. 
You got yeah, it's round. Yeah, you were you close. Got it. That's a that's a point. Okay. There's a Shakespeare. All right, we'll I, keep, I don't we'll keep, deserve we'll keep. a point for that, but I also just <laughs> I feel like this, I'm doing better at these guesses than I did yeah. at the last. You're, you're <laughs> closer than me. I had no fucking idea. Okay. Uh, I'm at zero. You're at negative one. Mm-hmm. But we're we're neck and neck. All right, guys. Okay. Here's your next one. Okay. Aldous Huxley's Tour de Force is a darkly satiric vision of a utopian future where humans are genetically bred and pharmaceutically anesthetized to passively serve a ruling order. They're a drug of choice, lattes made of half and half. Gross. And you only changed one letter? Only one letter. Lattes made of half and half. I'm enjoying the silence. <laughs> I'm a real Depeche Mode fan. <laughs> Anyone to hazard a guess? Man, I thought this would be easy too. This is so hard because I know the, the an- I know the answer, so I want to be able to answer, but I don't know the pun. Do you know the wordplay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, we, I, I must, yeah, it's, it's clearly Brave New World. That's the name of the. Oh, book. oh, oh! I know it, Christy. What? Christy, Breve New World. Breve New hey. World, correct. Yes. You're back on the, you're back in the green. <laughs> zero zero. Damn it, oh, she's catching up. This is the happiest <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> hey, there's still um one two three four. There's still five more. All okay, right. so there's plenty of time to to settle the score. Mm-hmm. Here's your next one. John Carter travels to the depths of another planet in the first one to make peace with, battle, and ultimately befriend and woo the daughter of the king who particularly likes drinking alcohol in dark rooms. Daniel. Daniel. A princess of bars. A princess of bars. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good old-fashioned Burroughs. Yeah, I got that one. Good job, good job. One, one nothing. Daniel's one. on top this time. Daniel wins, <laughs> just like always. All right. Next one. I'm ready. When a Victorian scientist propels himself into the year 802,701 AD, he is initially delighted to find that suffering has been replaced by beauty, contentment, and peace with the Eloi, a soft and pleasant people. But deep in the tunnels beneath their paradise are the Morlocks. The scientist discovers that he's ever to go back home, he needs to go to Home Depot and redo his bathroom walls and floors. Me, Christy. Christy. <laughs> The tile machine. The tile machine, correct. <laughs> well done. Me, Christy. <laughs> that's that's verbatim, me, my Pokemon. Christy. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're, you're the me, Christy. <laughs> Music, please, Daniel. Here's your next one. In the near future, as America virtually loses the war on drugs, a narcotics cop in Orange County, California, becomes an addict when he goes undercover in this Philip K. Dick story. He is wooing a dealer to ferret out her supplier, who deals exclusively in common tools in England. Common tools in England? Yes. Daniel, extra tense music here, please. Okay. Bit the music ascends. Yeah. Get as dramatic as possible. Because I know what the story is. 
common English tools, I'm just at a loss. I'm at a complete loss. Here's a hint. It is a common tool everywhere, but the British have a weird name for it. Oh. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Through a scanner, Farkley. Wrong, but good yes. hustle. <laughs> All right, I tried. Good hus, good hus. Negative one. Man, <laughs> I, zero, I wish I knew what tool that is, though. <laughs> hmm. I'm give you five counts. It's five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> the answer is through a spanner darkly. Oh. A spanner is a wrench in England. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. Uh, I've heard that as a word before. I've heard it as an insult mostly in British stuff. It's like, a shut spanner. up, you spanner. <laughs> I, was I was thinking like, it's My like- excellent British acting. No, no, that's a spanner. Never mind, forget it. I was, I was like, it's not like a Blade Runner thing? No, it's no. not. All right. <laughs> Two left. The score yeah. is um, Christy one, Daniel zero. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> this story by Isaac Asimov tells of an unlikely pairing between a New York City police detective and a spacer robot. These two must work together to solve the murder of a spacer, bring this hell to justice, and hide the investigation from the general public, and take Molly and dance. Daniel. Daniel! Is it E-Robot? No, but <laughs> nice try. Okay. That was a good one, shit. It's I should have thought of that. Um... <laughs> Shoot, I can only remember one of these. Oh, Christy. Christy. Raves of Steel. Christy, that is correct. Yes. The Raves of Steel. It's the Caves of Steel, Daniel. Caves of Steel. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know that story. Is that That's an Asimov one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One of his cop stories. What did I say? I robot? That's an Asimov story, right? It is. Okay. Okay, just as long as it's e robot. Right that e robot. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I buy that. I, buy I was going to guess afterwards, I lowbot. Okay. <laughs> like, just, not, not quite stretching, but you're not sitting still. Because right. <laughs> lowbot, lowbot was high as shit. Yeah, lowbot was fucking gone, dude. All right, so uh, what's the score? Negative one, two. You're going down, Christy. There's one left. You're going so down. I have my one left, So I could guess wrong, and you could guess right, and then we'd be <laughs> even. You oh, could, yeah. You oh, could no. guess wrong four times, and I guess <laughs> wrong only once, and I'll win. There you go. Okay. Also true. Here we go, guys. Your final question. In the fifth book of Douglas Adams' classic trilogy, hapless British man Arthur Dent thinks he's settled on an alien planet. That is, until his long-lost daughter Random and his alien best friend Ford come to find out what the hell is going on. Because in this world, Arthur's role as sandwich maker is endangered by the lack of chicken and cheese. Daniel. Daniel. Dune. <laughs> Minus one for you. All right. Dune. Straight um, up Dune. God, the lack of see, All I have to do is do cheese. nothing to win, but if I you want to gamble. Do you know the name of the book? I think that it's... Is it... Okay, this isn't a guess, but the name of the book is Restaurant at the End of the Universe, right? That is book two. Ah, shit. Then this I don't know. This is book five. I actually don't know. I don't know what the name of the fifth book is. I just assumed that was the last one because uh, it sounded pretty final, like the end of the universe. <laughs> no. Is it um, Mostly Harmless? Mostly Harmless is the book. 
Is the book. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was, okay, that was a guess. I knew that was one of like the later the latter ones. Yeah, that's the last one he wrote. Oh, oh, is it? That's not your Pokemon name. Christy. <laughs> Me, Christy. <laughs> you forgot your own name? Okay, go on. Um, is it mostly farmless? No. That's actually good. Yeah. yeah. That's where chicken and cheese comes from. That no. <laughs> Honestly, that was my first attempt, but I changed it because that'd be too obvious. No, gang, Christy, you win. But the answer is mostly parmless. <laughs> Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. I'll take that. <laughs> These weren't supposed to be great puns, but oh. they will do. Christy, you've won the game. Yes. yes. You've done it. Did you win last time too? Or no. did Daniel win last time? Definitely oh, not. I think I won. Didn't, last time I guessed that like a classic 1930s novel where people did business was like Glengarry Glen Ross. So oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> well, Solid. you you definitely I was know like, your they did business. Yeah. What do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, it adds up. I don't even think that was a book, it's only a play. Actually, they didn't even do business. Mm. I think it was just that they were wearing suits. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was your association. That's the plot I of Glengarry. Right? They, yeah. they don't they don't do any like one person does one business in one scene that's yeah. it and the rest of it are guys yelling at each other to go to lunch yeah mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> good so, job christy you know you your science fiction you know your sci-fi and your puns i, I had i told you i had a phase <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it a uh, very good game gabriel thank you, you, you definitely you. Uh, once again you pit me and christy together in mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. yeah and once again christy uppercutted you into the pit of despair fuck yeah well, um yeah. it's fucking gnarly uh <laughs> But that's it. We need to go to break. When okay. we come back, we have we have to talk about our feelings. Talk about our feelings about this book, though. Yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and then and then do and shit. I'm pretty toxic. Yeah, that's it. We he is. Be prepared. Lock, strap in. <laughs> um, that's it. Go to break. Okay. And we're back. Hello, everyone. Two. Slow readers. Wow. Wow. No. It, Me, it's, Christy. If I, <laughs> if I don't have the 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 little like motif of like exactly what I'm gonna say, I just lose and I don't know the yeah. words. I was gonna say listener readers. <laughs> um, Christy, when is your birthday? Uh, August twenty fourth. Okay. So Daniel and I are gonna pitch in and get you a super like early nineties style like like sweatshirt of stars on it. Just says in big font, "Me, Christy." <laughs> I love it. That's my merch now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> they, put a, they put a wolf on there or something. That's a yeah. great idea. A wolf. You have a, <laughs> Inside you have, you have two wolves. One is me. <laughs> one is Christy. <laughs> yes. Or or I should complete like the horse girl kind of theme and just be horses. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. You go. I my favorite thing I read as a tweet on the internet was that um, someone said like everybody overlooks the the alternative horse girl which is that girl that always knows about greek myths oh, <laughs> in middle yeah. school i exclusively dated those girls i've never uh, felt so attacked in my life <laughs> <laughs> is that you that's greek myth definitely girl? me you know dude, we were uh, greek myth dudes uh, i am i am reading a, a a book by one of your people right now um <laughs> it is it is one of the most it's a really highly acclaimed new translation of the odyssey 
but it's been it, it's it's written by a woman who she dedicates it to her children and her, and her children's names are like freya and shit. like <laughs> sure. it's like you look at this and you're just like oh emily come on <laughs> <laughs> really good translation by the way <laughs> stop uh stop besmirching my people you guys <laughs> <laughs> hey those are beautiful names and they have yeah. a lot of meaning behind them. <laughs> like did you guys ever stop and wonder why did adam scott and his wife naomi scott name their daughter persephone i'm like Really? You named your daughter Persephone? Did they? Yeah. Oh, that sounds Persephone like a Scott. good name, though. Yeah, it just seems kind of, you know, it's like naming your, your airplane the Icarus. It's like, <laughs> are you... Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. That's a Probably little, Hades like, was do very you respectful, want ultimately. some guy on a motorcycle to steal your daughter yeah. at 14? <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> that makes sense. That's a we're that's not here. It. We're not here to talk about Christie's Greek people. Yes. True. Uh, not necessarily the Greek people. Yeah, no, no, no. Christie's no. Greek people. Her Greek people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about a fucking murder bot. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's adventure. Their Uh, adventure. And also our feelings. Correct. Christy. Mm -hmm. Please start for us. I want you to go first. So, like, how did you feel reading this story that you've probably never heard before? Mm, I enjoyed it. It was both comfortable and new. And it's one of those things where like, you know, when you finish reading something that you really love and you're like, I wish that there was more of this to consume. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a great (laughs) thing. Or like for me, it was one of those things where it's like it really filled that void where it's like, "Mm, I wish I could love those old sci fi books again, but maybe with a little (laughs) less sexism and racism. Mm -hmm. It was like it filled that void perfectly. So I really enjoyed that. Um, And. I, at the end of it, I was, I, I actually like stopped and like took some notes about like my feelings about it at the end of the book, but I didn't read the very, very end while I was doing that. So I have this whole paragraph and then I have, oh, okay, never mind. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cause I really did not like the, (laughs) I, I think I was just like, Hmm, it's not a good look. This whole like. Um, owning a person thing. Owning a per- well, it's that feeling of like, it's basically the white slavier sa- slavier trope. <laughs> that that is exactly the right word for it. The right the white slavier trope, where <laughs> they benevolently buy a slave and then set them free, and they're like, "This is great. I've bought you, but I'm going to be nice to you, so you can live with me and learn to read yeah. and like mm-hmm. do whatever you want, really, and like." I know they touched on it earlier in the book where they're like, cool, yeah, like you're, I can be free, like with a constant person around me to oversee me. Fun. So I, I was like, ooh, I don't like that he, that he's being bought to go live happily forever as a free man on a plantation. Uh (laughs) Um, But then he ran away. Oh, they ran away. And mm-hmm. I I liked that uh, because that's really the only way that I think I would have been happy with that ending of them mm-hmm. being like, yeah, I don't want that either. Actually, I need to make my own choices. I would have liked mm-hmm. it even better if they like had some kind of plan to like smuggle him back. And he was like, all right, I'm going to just leave, though. Bye. Pieces <laughs> out, yeah. Like they, they really could have done without the entire like just skip to the end. Everything's fine. And we've purchased you scene. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> You know, maybe that's supposed to make you upset. I'm not going to give her that much credit. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, that's how I felt about that. 
I but I did enjoy it and I did like the character and I think I said this at the beginning but like I really I really enjoy like modern concise language and you don't always get to do that with a character where it's like a robot or something that's programmed so I really Mm -hmm. enjoy when they take something or or when they take like a futuristic thing and they have someone who can they do this in Star Trek all the time where they have someone who just constantly consumes like ancient media so it's like contemporary to you so they have like a reason for you to be like I get these references and I enjoy it, but it's not over yeah, the top. It was like it's like the the Futurama problem where like no one made any new music, but then they present it as being like, oh no, there was like barren wars and endless nonsense. That's why we like music from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's stuff like that. So I liked that, um, and I liked the character. Uh, what else? I think it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that all of these like newer sci-fi things always have like a polyamorous like grouping of things and I Mm -hmm. just want to see what it's going to be like in the future future like when people after this pandemic take that into account because I feel like a lot of these things are based on like in the future everything's going to be open and we'll have a little bit of sometimes there's like inequality but that's on purpose because of a corporation so it's basically (laughs) a scarcity a a no scarcity society I don't know what you call that Basically, a Star Trek utopia is mm, the sure. future that people try to to envision, where the only reason why there's conflict is because people are awful, which is fair. Yeah. But I'm wondering if in the future, some of these things where they're like, the world is expanding and very like diverse and everyone is in a polyamorous relationship, if they're going to be like, actually, everyone doubled down on getting just viciously monogamous because <laughs> no one wants to get catch like space covid sure <laughs> i'm hoping to i'm hoping there's going to be an aggressive future campaign for um no hetero only gay because of uh overpopulation so that's oh, forced a, gay that's forced that's, gay or where it's like ooh, you want to have a kid that's yeah <laughs> that's um horrifying the, uh, uh, who wrote uh, Anthony Burgess? There's a novel called The Wanting Seed, which is basically about Burgess. Yeah, Bur- Burgess. Anthony Burgess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, he wrote, yeah, which is basically about a because of overpopulation, where like there is there's like propaganda about like it's like you're like yes, we want people to be gay because basically if you have a kid, you're kind of contributing to the problem essentially. Hmm. I have no idea how that well that plays aged. out. Or how, I mean, yeah. don't don't wrong. Like Anthony Burgess is very different from like you know what you think from the movie uh, yeah. a clockwork orange so mm-hmm. like i it could be cool i don't know yeah. but but that's that's kind of that i'm curious yeah. what that what that's actually hey. like right now hey i'm game yeah yeah i'm into it that seems uh that seems right that seems where we're headed i feel like we ought to <laughs> it, yeah, yeah i mean it, why not it, it seems like a real it, it's yeah i don't know that's a huge subject gabriel <laughs> yes <laughs> How do you feel mm-hmm. about all systems red? Um, I liked it, but it doesn't go much farther than that for me. That for me, Emma, the, the the maximum amount of enjoyment I got out of it is the fact that he just really that he oh there I did it that they really just want to watch serials and soaps, mm-hmm. and you know maybe maybe I was hoping for there to be a little more comic potential out of it. But when it turned out to be just a, a basic space adventure with a robot protagonist, I don't know. There wasn't enough difference in it for me to be like, like, oh, wow, what a great story. It was good. But like Christy said, I'm curious to read more that clearly Martha Wells is no slouch and she's been at this for a while. Mm-hmm. So maybe like I was thinking like, like 
maybe the novel length is going to hit all the buttons I want it to hit. Because for, for me, like, it's just, it, it kind of glossed over a lot of things that, for me, like, the, the climax happened. I'm like, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. They, they blew him up and he, he the, the Roberta Murdabot saved Dr. Mensa. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> and then it did that trope that I'm noticing more and more that kind of bums me out more and more. That the protagonist passes out at the climax and wakes up and everyone fills him <laughs> in on what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Uh huh. Yeah, that happened a lot in the Chronicles of Pradane. Chronicles of Pradane, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, it's an American thing. It's an American thing, I suppose. George I mean, R. R. Martin happened to Frodo, it didn't it? Uh, at least yeah, in the well, movies, it did. I feel like they yeah. were just like, uh, nah, he, he's oh just my like, god, he's back. Well, in the in uh in the Hobbit at the climax when like the Battle of the Fire Army- Armies happens, like instead of just like writing it out, it's like Bilbo gets knocked out and he wakes up and he's like, oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good way of just getting over it. Just like, yeah, things yeah. happen. And, and, and it's, pu- it's putting your protagonist to a, to, a, to a maximum where they give all they can before they collapse. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So that's not a big deal. But I'm definitely interested in reading more. I don't know. I felt them. Uh, uh, Christy, are you familiar with, uh, with David Wong? Uh, name a book that he did because that sounds he wrote, familiar. Is he, he the, John... the guy that did um... The Hobbit? <laughs> the Hobbit, yes. No, it's uh, I don't remember his name, but he starts seeing things because he took some bad drugs and yeah, it's actually I'm a, a, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah john dies at the end yeah yes that yeah, one that's john dies at the end yeah john dies at the end where he he and his buddy take the soy sauce and it like it fucks him way up mm-hmm. but um uh, he wrote this wonderful book this novel i'm still reading it it's, it's a wonderful sci-fi novel that david wong his real name's jason pargin david wong thing is part of a joke it's not a cultural thing it's it's a joke which is still not real. Whatever, anyway. So um, he wrote these wonderful, thoughtful, sociopolitical pieces for Cracked for years. So he has a, like a strong anthropological and uh, um, social scientist kind of brain. And he takes all these elements of a future of technology. And he writes it in his, his latest novel. Is called, one of his latest novels is called um, uh, Futuristic Violence in Fancy Suits. And it's one of the... It has like a, this kind of... The tone of this kind of reminded me of it. Except... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Wong goes so much deeper. He makes it funnier. He makes it stranger. He makes it mm-hmm. darker. He makes it more human. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like this was it, it's a novella. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm hoping that it gets better and better and better um, by the time I get to the novel, which I anticipate we're going to do at this point because I liked it well enough to continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was slightly dissatisfied with it, but I liked it. Uh-huh. What about you, Daniel? Uh, all systems bed. Not much, <laughs> not much I can necessarily add to it other than what you guys said, basically. Because I'm kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like somewhere kind of like waffling between Christie's kind of like, oh, it's like a really, it's a really comfortable kind of like genre piece essentially, and it was likable enough. And Gabe's kind of like, like it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. I mean, you know me, I'd, I, I would rather I see like a darker angle for this that of course it's not going to go for because it's not what story this is. It's not Tor. Um. Yeah, it, well, it is Tor. No, I meant that where you want it to go isn't Tor. Oh, yeah. Like, technically, yeah. It, it's, like, think about also, like, how this story could have been told for, almost from a different perspective where Murderbot could actually be more of, like, a main character in an ensemble piece. Yeah. Um, like, where, I wanted Murderbot dis- to either be more petulant or be more active. Instead, I think maybe it's, maybe it's telling a story about secret social awkwardness yeah. and anxiety. There's an interesting thing that Murderbot goes through where, like, there's, like, themes of, like, maybe, like, autism mm. or, you know, like, a, like, class or race kind of, uh, yeah. you know, treatment and everything like that. But She's playing around with roles. Maybe it was a little too subtle for it to actually, like, like settle in. May- yeah. I'm like, it, it seemed like hints of it, but it didn't ultimately, I don't know, I think there's a lot of different mixed metaphors. Yeah. 
That's it was very a, like I feel like as a novella, it was very like surface level and just like drawing on a lot of the tropes that you see in mm-hmm. things. So like mm-hmm. you didn't need to get too into like the kind of interplay between like how robots are treated because it's like if you're reading this and you're liking it, you've read Asimov's books. Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about that right now. We're just talking about <laughs> a slightly sassy robot that doesn't like people, <laughs> and he's dealing with what's happening right now. And then it then it's over quick. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely like it's something that I would write where it's just like. Here's an idea, but I don't want to put enough effort into making it a full length thing or give it a proper ending. So the last well, two chapters are basically just the epilogue. <laughs> Christy, that's great news because that means you too can win a Nebula and Hugo. Hey. Well, shit. I mean, th- this shit was a big deal. I'm going to actually get to that in a moment, but I, I, I just want to say real quick that, um, yeah, no, like... Uh, I, I'm not a huge like sci-fi fantasy reader and whatnot, so like it it felt it was almost like reading like almost like Book of Three, where it's like it's like oh it's like a standard it's a genre piece like like genre piece and whatnot. But you like you tend to like like the characters in the world and whatnot. And yeah. a lot of this is just how much you like Murderbot, like yeah. the character. And I like Murderbot a lot. Um, yeah. it, it did, and like I said, it so there's the kind of the sensation about saying it's like. Like, oh, here's this thing called a construct, and it's like, we're not going to explain it. It just, it is there. It reminds me more of, of like, Vandermeer? like, of like Vandermeer a little bit. Have you read Jeff Vandermeer at all, Christy? I don't think so. Oh. He, he did. I he think did, you'll get really into him. He did novels like Annihilation and Born, and uh, he had a novel come out uh, last year, or this year, I think, no, last year, called uh, Dead Astronauts. He has a novel coming out in a couple of weeks called uh, A Peculiar Something. Um, Sorry to interrupt you, Daniel. I did but you see Annihilation. Out. Oh, did you yeah, like yeah. it? Uh, I didn't like the ending, but I liked the movie. Okay. I hear, I hear the, Daniel's read all the books. I hear the book's very different. Yeah, uh, I I am a massive fan of the uh, the trilogy of books and whatnot. Whereas like uh, the, the, the movie was basically described as being like an adaptation where Alex Garland like read the book and then didn't go back to it and kind of like made his own thing based on what he remembered and then <laughs> clearly doing his own thing. That makes sense. Um, I think I if if they just hadn't done an interpretive dance scene at the end, <laughs> then I would have been all in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a raised brow emoji during that scene. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. I, meanwhile, that was that was the only thing that was from the book. I mean, it's all really? about dance. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh well. Hmm. But uh, it's a but, big DDR series. But no, I I I wanted to talk about this one in particular because it is kind of. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Tor.com is actually the publisher of this. Mm-hmm. Tor.com is actually an online magazine and whatnot that mainly focuses on like short fiction and whatnot. And like you can tell with this and with Murderbot is that they're doing a very 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 strong push for it where like they want this to be a new kind of way that people read and like they it's like they were really putting like a lot of their muscle behind it and they i, and I definitely think off, like yeah i think like the awards and shit is all basically due to the fact that like tour.com like wanted people to know that this was like their flagship thing mm-hmm. and it's paying off very well so like that's why like i really really wanted to like get into this because it's like it's like i actually i think this is a cool idea it's like hey what if like adult fiction and whatnot was actually producing like smaller you know, like, like, you know, vessels and just like kind of like parsed out like this. Like, mm-hmm. I really dig that. And I'm also very interested and in especially seeing like treating the first four novellas as almost being like episodes of like, a, of like essentially a book. And, you know, sure. So. Like Firefly and Serenity. Those oh. stories. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently Joss Whedon, not very nice. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, Whoops. Yeah, that, <laughs> that news story kind of broke. Yeah, out. we'll we'll see about we'll, we'll see what's happening there. People are really fucking on Zack Snyder's side all of a sudden. Yeah, they're like, yeah, bring back the Star thing because that other guy's an asshole and different from a couple of months ago. Anyway, sure. Let's not talk about that. that's a huge subject. Yeah, much <laughs> like. Um, but that's it. There. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, one little thing we had to do about this book in particular before yeah. we end the thing. It's a little thing brought to us by our old buddies from the Whip Around podcast. Mm-hmm. Not a podcast, a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please check out the Whip Around podcast. There are good friends back east for all of your weird news needs. You can listen to Sean Hayes and Dr. Philip Porta talk about the weirdest shit going on in the world right now. That's Whip Around One Word, not the Fox show. Yes, although they might be the other people just in disguise. Could be wearing masks. That's it. We have one little thing we like to do called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. Christy. Memories. Thank you, Christy. Years from now. Excuse me. Uh, years Dan from now. getting emotional. Yeah, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> thinking about years from now. Yeah, just just thinking about Shawnee B. Horny and and, <laughs> and uh, Doctor Doctor Phil, aka Second Place Dick Lover. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you know that me and Doctor Phil uh, came uh, uh, battle each other in a Philip K. Dick uh, 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 trivia contest, and I won. <laughs> and thus we named um, Daniel the Dick Lover Supreme. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's... That's a lot of information to take in. <laughs> yes. Besides all that, I didn't mean to derail your thoughts. <laughs> Years from now, <laughs> when uh, you remember having read all systems read, what will you remember? What is your hazy memory? Mm. I will probably remember the discussion about watching a lot of like soap operas and that one scene where he um, saves the one of the characters from the sandworm or whatever comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also just in general, like I'll probably think about it if I'm like, man, I'm bummed out and I want to read something sci-fi, but something that doesn't make me sad. <laughs> I'll probably be like, oh, this was easy and fun. That's Murder a good one. Bot. Nice. Murder bot. Easy read. Mm-hmm. Gabe, hazy memory. <laughs> my hazy memory for this is probably going to be, um, I, my favorite scene in it is when, um, when Murderbot, when everyone discovers that Murderbot's governor module has been removed, mm-hmm. and um, and first of all, like um, uh, they um, Garethan, he's kind of the, he's a skeptical member of the team. He's like, I don't know, it's a bunch, it's a bunch of lies. He's gonna kill us. And at one point, the one guy's like, uh, it's like, oh, he mostly watches Sanctuary Moon. It's like, <laughs> oh, that you mean that show when that guy kills that guy, and but and the yeah. first and and Murderbot's like, that's a fucking lie, <laughs> killer. It's like, oh yeah, Murderbot watches the show. Mm-hmm. And also, and in in that very same scene, when it's like, um, it doesn't have a name. It's like it calls itself Murderbot, and Murderbot, <laughs> like 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 a teenager, is like that was private. <laughs> that was a private moment <laughs> between me and me. Private, mm-hmm. like that was the, that was the point in the story where he where they were the most human to me, mm-hmm. where it made like I was like oh. Murder bot. <laughs> the rest of it, I think it just it just stayed too far away from a, from an in person enjoy. <laughs> um, for you, Daniel, ten years from now, guys do, like murder bot diaries. I do want to say that you just remind me. There's one little nitpick I wanted to mention about <gasps> this whole book. It's a nitpick. Why did it have to have so many characters? Like, there's so many people on like that survey team where like, and all the most of the names are like made up. So like, yeah. you don't know if names are repeating or if it's like, are there twelve people here or like five? I don't know. I keep on forgetting people were like there. Yeah, I yeah. wish that I wish she had taken that mm-hmm. whole thing and made it into four characters. And mm-hmm. out of like when the villains kind of come down, there's just like one person. You know, sure, simplify yeah. it. It would have. Yeah. Like, also, yeah, it, have you guys seen Alien? And did you think Garothan was just gonna be the like? 
the secret yeah. robot guy that mm-hmm. was actually doing everything. Yeah, but I did yeah, exactly. the whole time. Is that what y'all, y'all, y'all both thought that? Yeah, those gonna be in home. Yeah, oh, I, I was thinking. That, I was thinking we're gonna be yeah, R.I.P. Man, one of my favorite character actors. Um, uh, no, I actually was thought. I actually figured that basically it was gonna be a thing where like those two, like uh, uh, Gurithan and Murderbot were gonna like super get along together and whatnot by the end because the, Buddy idea, cop. the idea is that like Murderbot didn't like him, but everyone else is like, no, he's actually like a really cool dude. It's just mm-hmm. like those two. There's fiction, and the, the whole thing was gonna be about learning that get along with those two. Th- th- that is an interesting correlation you're saying earlier about the, the pot- like the potential idea that is about like the sp- like autism spectrum, yeah. because Gurithan is the only other one who's kind of mechanically inclined. He's an augment human mm-hmm. so the two of them not like clashing well yeah mm-hmm. I, I the i always thought the clashing was going to be the idea that like girth and probably also being treated as some kind of like human like maybe like subhuman like a slightly mm-hmm. different like race other... we don't really get in there that like of course he's the one who's going to be like like hey this isn't a person unlike mm-hmm. me i'm a yeah. person like i wonder if there's going to be i wonder if that's nope. going to be something explained. we had different expectations that's it yeah <laughs> uh kind of what you said uh, that that that's actually also my favorite scene of the whole. It went on forever, but like I really mm-hmm. liked it. Um, it for me it was really paying attention to how like Murderbot also spoke, whereas like a uh, she very much spoke like a robot up until then, and then like that's when like she started talking like very, for lack of a better word, like very human. Sure. And like that really came across, and I'm, like noticing that and like those little outbursts and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that shit was cool. That said, that said, what happens next? <laughs> well, we toss that book aside. Yeah. Um, Daniel, what are we doing next week? Are we doing the next story in collection? Yeah. I, I tell you what, I get the word. Let's do it. Are you Gabe? Do you want to do? Yeah, the, let's do the next whatever one. the fuck the second book is called. Sure. Let's get on that. And then maybe after that, we might be doing a uh, crossover of the whip around boys or at least, oh. just, or at least some uh, Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll take you on, Phil. <laughs> um, I didn't have anything to say. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll continue with a uh, murder book, whatnots, part two, mm-hmm. um, next time. But in the meantime, let's do a little thing called plugs. And uh, the ghost of the most, uh, <laughs> Christy, <laughs> where can people find you? And please tell us, uh, remind us again about your podcast. Uh, let's see. So my podcast is called All Downhill, and you can find it anywhere you do podcasts and mm-hmm. you can follow it on social media at all downhill pod and also you can just follow me at christy brandon on everything because i'm old so i got my actual name on Yay. instagram <laughs> uh and that's pretty much it that's what i'm like up to these days because comedy's kind of canceled but when comedy's back <laughs> Uh-huh. Hey, you you should try and do you should set up one of those um uh, um Animal Crossing comedy shows that's kind of popping up these days. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Jenny like Yang that. apparently has been raising raised a lot of money for BLM by hosting um uh, Animal Crossing some um, stand up shows. <laughs> I want. Oh, yeah? Do you guys remember Second Life? I want Animal Crossing. Yeah, dude, to dude, be go the for new it. Second Life. That's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Here. Hey, you should make it happen. Mm. Or maybe I'll just go, I'll just start playing World of Warcraft and then <laughs> stand up, go somewhere and do stand up. Or That's do it, do it in, in Fortnite. Just you know, just hang out there and just just tell mm-hmm. jokes. Right. Yeah, call, play Call of Duty. Play <laughs> just Call be of like Duty. in the middle of a thing, be like doing stand up, and everyone around. I here's the key. I have to get really good at headshots and then actually kill people, and then be like <laughs> boom, and then just launch yeah. into like it, a it, three minute set. That's instead <laughs> of yeah, instead of teabagging them, you just stand over their dead body and just do a and long, do stand up. Yeah, do stand up. Oh, so uh, who's dating out here? It's hard <laughs> with the pandemic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Start doing crowd work. That is body. so yeah. much oh, worse. So That's good. I can't imagine if people did that, the internet would be like a hundred times less hospitable yeah. for everyone. Mm-hmm. You'd make headlines of Kotaku immediately. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is great because then maybe I could like sell bathwater or something and become rich. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I think that's what you do if you're a girl and you've played a video game. Yeah, that adds up to me. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. Gabriel. Yes. Uh, plug. Um, Definitely check out my episode. I mean, check out Christy's episode, um, show in general, but we had a really great talk. Christy's podcast is wonderful. I've listened to yeah. all the episodes so far. Christy's a very good interviewer, and it was a great time. So definitely please check that out. Um, otherwise, um, check out my uh, that thing I did, that, that really depressing thing. Um, yeah. Self-Evident Asian America Stories. Um, season 2, Going Strong, really awesome. My episode of season um, was in Season 1, Episode 3, the talk we were supposed to have. It's about my life and all the darkness and warmth about being Asian. Um, we have a new show coming in the works. Keep um, keep your eyes open for that. And uh, shit, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. Read like reading a book. Daniel. Yeah, uh, nothing new. Just follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio, but I'm mainly less active right now on Instagram at Slow Readers. Uh, yeah, I buy my fiction right now available at anywhere you get your ebooks and whatnot, but physical copies are available on uh amazon only um oh oh i should say uh oh the i i contributed to a wandry show that came out i believe yes no not yesterday i'm sorry this is this is coming out in several bunch of days um last week essentially so right now if you actually search for guru the the dark side of enlightenment um yeah i i helped uh, i assisted the team in putting that together and you have I'm, a credit in it don't you yeah i'm in the very last episode you'll hear you'll hear daniel gonzalez which i saved the audio file of the uh, <laughs> of the reporter screwing up my name <laughs> he called me danielle and then immediately <laughs> caught it I, cu- I cut that and then and saved it on my computer so great job daniel uh so yeah check that out um it's really it's fucking it's interest it's it's crazy dark and and enlightening and there's a you know wonder is really really great at sticking in like these like very journalistic kind of uh focuses and, and these true crime stories so i'm really proud to to be a part of that daniel's a big shot now yeah Ooh. that's it i'm a bit of a celebrity right now <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile you know, I, I say it's like, oh, I did work with Wondry and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that is funny to me every time. Like every single time. Like it's I'm, I don't mean to brag. But it's like, oh, I do this. And everyone's just like, what? what what's that? Oh, OK, maybe <laughs> maybe one of these days you'll get like a you'll work with like a major company in podcasting. It's like, yeah, one day. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's the end of the show. Christy. Thank you so much, Christy. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have welcome. you. Yeah. Come on anytime. Anytime you read something and you're like, oh, I want to talk about it. Just hit us up or shit. We'll have you on here as often as you want. Hell yeah, dude. That was great. Yes, yep. you're always welcome. We have the least amount of technical difficulties when you're on. Yay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's always it's always a pleasure talking to you. And it's always nice to see you and, and also hear that you're you're doing well. You're safe. Yeah. And also, healthy. your bangs look great. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I like your fish uh, artwork in the back there. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. That's the show. Yes, that's the show. Yay. Thanks for uh, having me. You're welcome. But we're going. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com. Top